Retro MMG Show, starring me, your host, John. I do have a co-host. He's over there. El Tonio El Capitan. Cackling like a dummy. Indeed. Yeah. Mr. Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How was your week? Oh, long, lots of work. Yeah, you were saying that. Uh, are you doing like uh, 10 hour days, 12 hour days? What's going on? I lose track. Yeah. You know, I just get up real early and I work lots of hours and I go to bed early. So, yeah, it's a rough thing, you know, when you, when you get that kind of a thing. Like the work life balance is a, a big thing, especially amongst us. I don't know. I, I guess you're a Gen Xer. When were you born? 79? No, not, yeah, 79, but I think it falls into something else. Like, it's its own. Yeah, I, I, and I would agree. <laughs> and it's only like two or three years. Well, it's like everyone, you right? know, you know, there's, you know, the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials, mm-hmm. and like the Gen Z, right? And everyone likes to put a, you know, from this year to that year, yeah. this is where you kind of belong, you know? And the people on the cusp of those things yeah. are usually like, no, no, I'm the previous generation. I don't have identify with any of these new jerk-offs, you know. And I'm there. You were born in 79. I was born in 82. Yeah. And I'm considered an elder millennial, and uh, you're considered a uh, young Gen Xer. Is because, that what it is? Yeah, because th- it's like 80, 80 to 81 starts the millennial generation. Because you come of age, you know, Around the uh, year 2000, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, you know, it, there's a couple of things that I like to say about that. And it's like. <laughs> Piss off. Well, it's like millennials <laughs> are, are, are shit on pretty much a lot now because we're like, yeah. I'm, like I'm going to be 40 this year. And a lot of the, uh, you know, people that aren't in the know say millennials are ruining everything. They grew up with social media. I didn't grow up with social media. <laughs> social media didn't come around like heavily yeah. until like 2007 when I was. 25 and even then i didn't really give a crap about it you know i wasn't like texting or you know uh, starting drama on it you know it's really the gen the gen z's that were a part of that and you know i drank out of a hose uh you know (laughs) i uh played around my parents didn't give a shit what i was doing or my mom didn't give a shit what i was doing you know running around the neighborhood i was barefoot most of the time all that stuff (laughs) i was barefoot so I do kind of consider, you know, I'm an elder millennial, I would say, you know. I, guess, yeah. uh, I don't like the labels, but it's like, you know, people are going to throw you into a group regardless. Mm. So I'm going to, you know, go ahead and label me when you want. I don't care. I know I know what I had to do. I know what my childhood was like. So go F yourself. So how do you feel about that, you know? Uh, I don't know. I I like watching other people, you know, complain about it. So, hmm my boss is, you know, from the golden era. The silent era. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, his kid is only like, his youngest kid's only like, uh, I want to say th- two two or three years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And he's always like, damn millennial. <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> you know, got no idea. He's at him about that. Right. So I'm always like, okay. So he's my age. But, yeah, there's no social media. There's no... You know, like, when was the first time that you experienced the internet? Like, logging on, going to chat rooms. Like, for me, it was, like, 97 or 98, where 
I would go to my dad's house. You know, my parents were divorced, so I'd go there. He had a, he had a wife. Yeah. And I have an older stepbrother That's who kind of like, yeah. uh, had the, you know, the whole AOL, the dial-up, yeah, don't pick up the phone. Uh, many free hours of. Right. And I remember going to MTV <laughs> chat rooms because that was Dialing the only thing I knew it. at the time, you know, like going to MTV. What, what am I supposed to do on this thing? Yeah. And I'd talk with stupid people and, you know, do stupid 15-year-old stuff, you know. Um, yeah, I think but, I tried to the chat room one time, and I was just like, "Nah, I don't want to do this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I did it quite frequently when I was yeah, fifteen, sixteen, something like that. But I, I quickly, you know, outgrew it and started yeah. doing drugs and uh, <laughs> not giving a shit about uh, the computer. Yeah, but at any rate, yeah, that's our little discussion about uh, uh, generational demographics. Yeah. Um, so this week, uh, or well, next month, I have a, a wedding to go to. Yeah. Right? Now, what do you wear to weddings? Well, is it is it kind of a, a dilemma when you have to go to a wedding or like a, a formal place? Oh, yeah. You're like, especially so for how the formal? Guy. Yeah, how formal some do guys I have to be? Can really get away with not wearing shit half the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody will be dressed up, and you see a guy show up in, like, jeans and a T-shirt, and you're like, well, what the hell? Why did he get to... Yeah, how come he gets the pass? Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Um, but I probably dress up, you know, for the most part all the way, except for maybe, like, the jacket. Yeah. Same. You know? Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. I'll wear a nice pair of khakis. That's like mm-hmm. I've been really into like the brown shoes, brown belt khakis, and like blue shirt or white shirt type yeah. thing, like a Caribbean type look, you know? Right. Um, but I just recently uh, had myself fitted for a suit. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was a big experience. I'm gonna be 40. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know what? You know, I got a wedding coming up in the uh, in about a month, and I've never had a suit before. Like, I remember being a kid and, like, going to, like, formal events and my cousins had suits. You know, you're, really? like, 10 years old. Yeah, I'm, like, where oh did he get Lord. a suit? And I'm here in a, uh, uh, no. a, a, a propeller beanie, <laughs> <laughs> shorts and a T-shirt. I'm like, What's wrong with my parents? All these other kids look super proper. And I'm, like, the redneck kid there <laughs> looking like an idiot. Yeah. You know, and even at, even in my late teens and early 20s and early 30s, I never bought a suit. Yeah. You know, you ride rented tuxedos and all that stuff. You sure. Know. Yeah. Um, but never. When you need it. You, ne- sometimes you just got to rent it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I recently bought a suit and uh, tailored it. You know, they uh, took my measurements and, uh, you know, uh, did their thing and sent it away <laughs> for a couple of weeks and picked it up and uh, put on a new, sh- put it on today. And uh, the wife was quite impressed. I looked, I looked pretty good in this suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, she liked I got it. some shirts tailored, and oh, did you? It was cool because it was a little Italian guy, and I felt like this is right. Right, this is. <laughs> You're like, yeah, take my measurements. Let this me... guy, he know this is the right guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he's a little in Italian, or maybe Jewish too, because like you know, they, they came, they came off the uh, yeah. the boat in the early 19th century or 20th century. Uh, Jewish tailors. Oh, my, look at the history. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it does feel good having them measure you. You know, you feel like a bit of a king, and then you get it back, and it fits yeah. so nicely. Uh-huh. You look good in it, yeah. and you're like, all right, yeah, this is the way to go. Just don't get bigger. Right, exactly. <laughs> Maintain your weight. Maybe get build a little muscle, lose a little weight maybe. But, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good feeling to have a tailored suit, you know, like a, 
So my wife's, uh, I knew I looked good in it once I put it on and I came out, you know. I was like, she's going to love this. And she's like, oh, my yeah. God. She's like, you look really good. Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, I know what That's I do. That's right, girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she knew it. But, it, you know, it's it's one of those, like, uh, hallmarks of adulthood. You know, it's like you got a tailored suit. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't that much. It was 500 bucks. I mean, yeah, it's a lot, you know, for it to spend on clothing, but... Well, it's the only five hundred dollars I have to spend on a suit for the rest of my entire life, unless I become a very giant person. That's <laughs> that's true. I mean, suits are cool. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't really have any type of reason to wear one. It wouldn't. Well, it's like know. you know what I you know you know how I feel about it. It's like you go to a function, whether it's a funeral or a wedding or a, a party or something, and <laughs> everyone's in suit, in a suit jacket and a tie and all this. And you're the guy with the, uh, I've always, you know, I've just the dress shirt heavily, and jeans, you know. I've relied heavily on the on the wife to tell me how I should dress. Yeah, well, <laughs> see, there's another point that we should go to. It's like, you know, your partner, it's like if you're leaving the house looking like a retard or, or like a, an ill-dressed, you know, Philistine or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That's on your partner. You know, that's not on you. Yeah. You know, that's like... It's up to them to not want to be seen That's with fair. you, you know? It's like, so, no, no, you're not leaving the house with that. It's a valid. Like, no, I'm not going to be seen it's with never you. Go change. We're, we're, we're not, we're not, I'm not going to be seen with you like that. So go change. Do something else because that's stupid, you know? Like, girl, it's like, you know what I got in my closet. Right. Well, it's like, imagine like if I came out to your house in cowboy boots. You know what I mean? That would be strange. Yes. My wife would say, Just no. Just cowboy boots? That would be weird. Well, Cowboy boots at all. <laughs> it's up to my wife to say, no, you're not wearing cowboy boots anywhere. You know, I might get a cowboy thing in a couple of years. You know, it's like start listening cowboy to country thing. music or get a Stetson hat. And yeah. Get the fucking uh, be able to pull it snake off, skin dude. boots. I probably could, but that's not me. You know, yeah. and it's up to her to say, no, no, don't get the hat. Stop. We would give you hell for it. But yeah. Hey, eventually I'm... it would go away and then there you go. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> You know what I heard today? I was I was listening to a podcast, and it's like, it's like a track suit. You know, uh, if you saw me in a track suit, you know, you'd be like, "What the fuck's up with the track suit?" You know, but if I wore that track I don't suit, know. I'm for, an Adidas man. So. Well, you don't wear track suits though. No, no, I don't. But if I wore that track suit for about a year, eventually I'd stop getting shit for it, and they'd be like, "All right, that's my thing." That's you got to deal you're with the, the track suit guy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like if Richard Simmons showed up and like khakis and a, a button-down shirt you know you, you'd be like what the fuck it's up <laughs> like where's the dolphin shorts how come we're not where's the tank top you know <laughs> but imagine if i came to you in a dolphin dolphin shorts and a tank top you'd be like hey what's Go going on back mm-hmm. home and change please right yes yeah. uncalled for but if richard simmons came to you in anything but dolphin shorts and a tank top you'd be like what's going on <laughs> i'm glad you used him as an example hey it's timely reference. <laughs> it's a timely reference. Millennials, but what, we understand if you don't get that one. Yeah, exactly. So, what we are talking about today is a movie. I know we've been doing a lot of movies lately, um, and we're going to continue to do that. We've had a, a couple of technical difficulties here, so uh, we're, we're, we might be revamping the show. Uh, I know a lot of you love our gaming based on the numbers. <laughs> Our gaming shows. Uh, we plan on doing Bioshock, which I still am playing. We probably will do the Bioshock episode probably in like three weeks or something like that. 
uh, just to get out of the way because I love that game. Uh, yeah. It's got a lot of uh, messages in it. Also, and, because and, we're like, replaying tones. it. Yeah, so we're replaying. It's not like you know, we're trying to go completely based off of memory because I've played far too many games since Bioshock. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, just based on uh, what you and I kind of line up with, it's movies and metal. That's what it is. You know, it's <laughs> movies and metal. So we might be going through a it's revamp true. here, and uh, but until then. Uh, we are going to do a movie today, and that movie today is the 1988 movie Beetlejuice. Beetlegeist. Beetlegeist. And I didn't get quite into that why. We'll, we'll get into that. But <laughs> Beetlejuice is yeah. a 1988 American fantasy comedy film directed by Tim Burton, produced by the Geffen Company. Uh, by and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. The plot revolves around a recently deceased couple, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, who, as ghosts haunting their former home, contact Beetlejuice, an obnoxious and devious bio-exorcist from the netherworld to scare away the house's new inhabitants, Catherine, played by Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, and Winona Ryder. Um, <laughs> when this movie first came out, uh, obviously, I, I want to say everyone I know loves this movie. It's like I don't know, like I don't know anyone that's like I hate right. Beetlejuice, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember being like twelve years old, or maybe eleven years old, ten years, something like that, and being at a babysitter's house, and we watched this. It was like it was like uh, a community babysitter, you know. So there's all kinds of kids sure. everywhere, you yeah. know. And I'm just like, oh, God, you know. But Beetlejuice came on, and we all watched it. And then at the end, everybody in uh, every all the kids in the house were grabbing their crouch, crotch, saying, "Nice bleeping model, Hong Kong! Nice bleeping model, Hong Kong! Nice bleeping model, Hong Kong!" That was the, that, that the funniest line that anyone that's got crazy. from it. You know, that's what, that that's what I remember from from it. Yeah, um, very good movie. I, uh, I I remember liking it uh, when I first saw it. Um, but I remember about 10 years ago watching it again and thinking that this movie was, it's like the weirdest premise that you could come up with in a movie. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a very interesting story and who can come up with like the storyline for this? A couple dies, um, they're trapped in their house. They have to contact the netherworld in order to find out how to haunt their house to get rid of the people who want to buy their, or that are in their house, that bought their house. (laughs) <laughs> and you know chaos ensues you know that kind of a thing it, it, it's quite an absurd premise and i'm Pretty shocked yeah. that it had such a wide appeal for everybody i think the star power of gina davis and alec baldwin and uh michael keaton made sure that this movie you know you know did well yeah. also with tim burton off of Wee's big adventure because like after he did that like he was from what I was reading, like everyone liked that. He liked that they liked the tone of the movie. Yeah. I didn't look up. Maybe we'll look up what Pee Wee's Big Adventure did on Rotten Tomatoes and the budget and all that. But for such a weird effing movie, <laughs> this is very enjoyable. Yeah, well, and and I noticed too, like uh, rewatching it, that it's pretty short. You know, it's like hour and forty eight minutes or something. Yeah. Was it that long? Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I started watching at one ten today. Stopped at, like, we can still look at the runtime, but like, I, yeah. it was like it was less than two hours, you know. Hmm. Um, I looked at my timing, and I must have uh, looked at it weird, or maybe I had already started some of it or something, because 
It's yeah, you're like wrong. An hour. <laughs> yeah, it's like an hour and thirteen minutes. Yeah. I was like, man, that's on that's on the movie is. Maybe but. maybe I'm wrong. I did pause it a couple of times to you know use the bathroom and blah blah blah. I, I made a sandwich and all that stuff. So <laughs> I maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. But the, yeah, the the movie kind of follows you know. Uh, this this couple that dies and they have no idea why they're dead, and all of a sudden when they get back to their house after they die, they you know, again they don't realize that they're dead. They find this book, and that's kind of how they realize they're dead. The handbook for the recently deceased, and it's kind of like the center object to like the whole movie. Yeah, it's it? the MacGuffin. You know, yeah. it's like that's what the the uh, the living capture. It's what you know. All the dead people carry around. It's like that 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 token that mm-hmm. everyone, every dead person needs to have in order to kind of guide themselves through the afterlife. <laughs> and yeah. when the living get a hold of it, then that's when the chaos ensues. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so we can start by uh, saying the first time you saw this movie. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? How old you were? Like where you were? Probably... Did you see it in theater at all? No, no. Me neither. Yeah, it was a lot like you, like probably somebody just had it on in third place. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it it is a weird movie. So I think at the time when I watched it, I don't know if I necessarily understood it, the yeah. funny of it right? and really like enjoyed it. So it took like a couple of watchings after that to really, you know, enjoy the movie. Yeah. So absolutely. It's like I don't I don't know about enjoy it because like I think even as a you know, an eight year old you're like, Oh that's funny, that's funny, that's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of like, you know, little gags here and there. Yeah, well his his obviously when he takes the stage and he, you know, brings that character out, you know yeah, those he's, were quotable lines at that time. Yeah. You know, and it was very funny, you know, but uh, a lot of the rest of the movie is very know, confusing. If you're not keeping attention or you can't process the movie as it is, it's it's not really. It's just a raucous comedy. It's not like you know? a RoboCop or whatever, right. where there's just you know tons of action or an mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where you don't have to really think too much, you know. Yeah, and that is true. Like you do kind of have to follow along with you know the, the dead and the living, how they died, when yeah. they died. And, you know, how they felt about it and why they needed help by going to the netherworld or whatever you want to call it. Um, I just, yeah, you're completely correct. As a kid watching this, you're just like, oh, there's another world. Yeah, it was more like the images, you know, the shrunken head guy. The sandworms. Yeah. yeah, And just when you see those, that's that's when you're like, whoa, that's what you remember. But. But going back to it and trying to follow the story, it's and going back to it and tra- following the story is kind of weird, you know, and it makes you kind of appreciate the mind that came up with the story of this. It's like, where did this come from, you know? Right. I agree. So we can kind of start talking about this. And yes, we're going to go scene by scene. I don't care. Um, the movie starts, uh, the score kind of brings you in immediately, you know, with the daylight come and you want go. And it starts Danny Elfman's famous score from this movie. Yeah. Um, I forget when it was. It was like 2010 or 2011. I hosted a Halloween party, right? And I was looking for Halloween music to kind of put on. You know, and you know, you look up Halloween movie and you got the, the, the classic staples. The Monster Mash, yeah, Thriller, right. uh, and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. 
And I'm like, where the hell is the Beetlejuice score with this? And I looked it up, and I listened to that thing for like six months after that. Really, dude, it, it's it, it's an immersive score. It's like, and it, <laughs> it it carries the entire movie. It's like once anything comes out, like the bassoon in that, it's like. You know what I mean? Because it comes in, it, it's like if you pay attention to the score, this is one of my favorite scores of every of any movie. Um, very creative score. Uh, and Matt, I, 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 I do. Just, I, I like the whole like once the movie starts and it's kind of has that you know camera going. It's over like a drone the shot town. over the the model you know, the model town. Yeah, you know. yeah, like that whole. Tim Burton is right there, you know. Mm-hmm. You're like, God. You I know, love the screeching kind of violins. Reminds you of Batman a little bit, right? You know, <laughs> I love the screeching to that. <laughs> you know, I love that. You know, and those those violins come in all throughout the movie. It's like that. It's like twangy violin. You know, I, I know. I might. I, I don't my know sound why effects when you great. <laughs> When you do it, it just cracks me up. It, dude, I love this. Score. This is one of my favorite scores of all time. Uh, compositions, I'll say. Because yeah. like, he uses the entire orchestra with everything oh, in, yeah. in, in, the, in this score. Um, which, you know, you, you look at a lot of movies like, you know, Michael Bay movies or even John Williams. Like, I feel like they, they rely heavily on, like, uh, trumpets and violins. And I feel like Danny Elfman uses, like, utilizes the underutilized instruments in that orchestra, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it comes out, you know, yeah, like the bassoon, the oboe. He uses those lows and those highs and the screechy <laughs> violins. You know you know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. I feel like he's very creative with his use of the orchestra, and that's why I love this score a whole lot. Um, even the title card, you know, it's like, did you remember when Beetle, Beetle Geist comes up, you know? <laughs> I love the title card. Uh, it's like, like, like tombstone-y looking, like sure. Beetlejuice, yeah. you know. It's like, and that's uh, another thing I never understood about this movie is why is it Beetlejuice sometimes and why is it Beetlejuice <laughs> other times? That is it is because is it because he doesn't want to use the name, you know, because he can't say it himself? Because like you remember the the little TV ad that he does. Yeah. Oh and yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll get to that. And it says Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> is it because he can't say his name, or yeah. is it or is, you know what's what's the tomfoolery going on? You know, it's. Why is it sometimes Beetlejuice? Why is it sometimes Beetlegeist? Why know. is it spelled Geist? Am I pr- pronouncing it wrong? Sometimes it's Beetle, like the like the insect. Sometimes it's Beetle, like B E T E L. You know, it, it's it, it's very cryptic on why they're doing this, and I never understood why. Well, I mean, I noticed it, but really didn't like think about it too much. Think about me. it too much. Well, I want, well, it's like when you make a movie, it's like you have really deliberate things that you're doing in there. You know, there's like a team of people and you have a studio behind you saying, why did you make that decision? Why did you make that decision? Well, it's like they have to have an answer for it, you know, yeah. because it, especially if it's something super confusing, you know, like why is it Beetlejuice sometimes? Why is it Beetlegeist sometimes? What was his answer to the studio? Because if it's confusing and you have a test audience that's asking the same thing, they have to have an answer for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because they had to have tested this a thousand times, you know, because I'm sure a lot of audiences did not get this movie. You know, they're like, what the F is going on? Right. Um, So that's my two cents on a a lot of what's going on with that. Um, Yeah. Like you said, the movie starts out with like a a drone shot over his little, the model city. I don't don't know the model village, town, little small town or whatever. 
And then it culminates into the shot of the Dietz house or the yeah. Maitland house, whatever right. you want to, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And a giant spider crawls over it, and it's big for Dude, even model spider. That's a big spider. It man. was a giant spider, and <laughs> Alec Baldwin's character opens the uh, movie by grabbing this giant hairy spider. Yep. Like gently, like, hey, big guy, hey, buddy, <laughs> how are you gross. doing? Would you ever do that? Just Hails like to the no. no, I'd have moved out the house. No, I'd have sprayed all kinds of insecticide <laughs> and raid and bleach and nope. whatever I could. I'd have killed that motherfucker right nah, there. Oh man, know? the spider owns the house now. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> but I like I'm how he like gently grabs him off of the house and then like he holds him out. Yeah. The window of the third story, and just kind of throws him. Out. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny too because he, you know, looks like he's oh, I'm going to save this thing. He, he chucks, chucks him out the, out the window. The window. <laughs> Such a humanitarian. Oh. <laughs> and then you know, you know, so the story is pretty much this. Uh, yeah, this couple um, has this house, you know, that they love. They're on vacation essentially. Like they own this hardware store back in town. Uh, yeah. Which they run to, and we'll talk about that. But like you know, very homely, very you know, you know, uh, husband and wife. They got this giant house that they got to take care of, but they're yeah. happy taking care of it. Right. And then they have this chicken hawk fucking realtor <laughs> named Jane <laughs> that comes in really early. They say yeah. you need to sell this place. I okay, mean, you guys got no yeah. kids, you got nothing. You need really to sell it. Really overstepping. The uh, yeah, I don't. I'd like, girl, you got to go. I'd have pulled a restraining order with how <laughs> forceful this woman was. Like, oh, you got to sell this place. You got to sell this place. Yeah. Like, um, get the f off my property. Yeah. Like, you know, like who the who the who do you think you are? Uncalled for, frankly. Very uncalled for. Like I said, chicken hawk. Like, <laughs> like who chicken do you think hawk. you are? So yeah, they're they're vaca- you know they're vacationing at home. They start you know they took a vacation from their jobs, presumably from running the hardware store, right? And they're staying at home, and they're, they're happy to do that. They give themselves gifts for their vacation. Happy yeah. vacation. Who does that? I don't know. Um, Weird. Then uh, turns out he's got to run to the hardware store. You know, and she might need something, so she drives. He's in, in the in the passenger seat. They go to the hardware store. I do like the old man. I was gonna say and the old man barber. Dude. The old man barber. He says, "Hey, Keeps hey, Phil, how's it going?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They pull up to their hardware store, and there's an old man next door later. with the barber with the barber shop. He says, "Hey, how we doing, Phil?" And old man Phil says, "Hey, how you doing?" He leaves and goes <laughs> in the store, does his business. He comes back out, and it turns out. Phil never missed a beat with that conversation. <laughs> He's still talking to the air. He says, bye, okay, but I thank you. I did notice the uh, uh, dog when they first rolled up in front of that hardware store, you know. Yeah. And the dog is going to come into the story in the next couple of scenes. So they're driving back from the hardware store. Uh, they drive under talking, you know, nonchalantly, and then they go into this covered bridge. And uh, the dog is in the middle of the bridge. They say, hey, look out, and uh, the dog <laughs> causes them to run to the side of the covered bridge. They're yeah. teetering there for a minute, and uh, they look back, <laughs> the and there's dog, a single board. Damn dog. There's a single board, and the dog is on that single board. And it's made us to believe that this 37-pound dog is, you know, life or death for this. Uh, I would say 27-pound 27-pound dog. dog is on a board. He's, con- <laughs> he, he's the counterweight to that yeah, fifteen hundred pound car. Yeah, of course. So the dog leaves off of the uh, the the, the board, steps off, <laughs> and they plummet to their death, little to their chagrin. 
And then they get home and realize um, it's been a long time. They come in front of the fireplace to warm up because they're wet. They fell into the river. And uh, her fingernails ignite they for some reason. They catch on fire, yeah, or and, something. And yeah. um, they blow it out, and then they find the handbook for the recently mm-hmm. deceased. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> this is what we're going to do. do um, we're not going to go scene by scene with this, but we're going to you know, just kind of cover the main beats. And one thing we haven't done is kind of talk about the cast of this movie. Uh, the movie is... Uh, uh, directed by Tim Burton, but it also stars some very big players. Uh, Catherine O'Hara. Do you know who Catherine O'Hara is? I guess she's a big player yeah. on uh, Schitt's Creek uh, or she's, something. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, she was the mom from Home Alone. She's pretty funny. Very funny woman. Yeah. Uh, and this was kind of around the same time Home Alone, I think, was 1990. So you know, only a couple of, a couple of years apart. Uh, yeah. She was in a lot of the Christopher Guest movies, you know, like Best in Show and all that stuff. Very funny, very funny woman. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, the principal from, uh, what is it, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, Red-haired yeah. guy, he was in Howard <laughs> the Duck. I was going to yeah. say Howard the Duck, dude. Uh, yeah, he was the bad guy in Howard the Duck. Uh, kind of here nor there in this movie. He's kind of a, a schlubby guy, you know, yeah. just kind of, I think his storyline is like. He, he just he, wants the he, Well, vacation. he had a nervous breakdown yeah. in, uh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> in New York, and so he moved to <laughs> Connecticut to kind of buy this house. Uh, famously... And not so flatteringly, I think he had a child pornography uh, suit brought against Yikes. him. Yikes. Uh, I don't know the details of it. I didn't look it up because I don't think it's appropriate for this podcast. But, uh, you know, do your own research for him. Winona Ryder. <laughs> uh, she was in the movie Mermaids, I think, or Moonstruck. One of those two. I think she was, like, nominated for an Academy Award, like, the age of 14 or 15 or something like that for mm-hmm. one of those movies. And this is only a couple of years after that. Very weird in this movie. A uh, little goth kid, you know, like, yeah. my life is a dark room. And it's like, yeah, yeah okay. I am utterly alone. Like, okay, Lydia. Okay, we get it. We're all utterly alone. Grow up and realize that, you know. Um, I want to, you know. I myself are strange yeah, they, and unusual. Yeah, I myself am strange <laughs> and unusual. It's like, okay, what are you, 14? Yes. All 14-year-olds are strange and unusual. Uh, what I didn't like about her, like, when they're moving in, like, uh, she's still in the chair and the movers are bringing her in on the chair, you know? It's like, get the, this kid out of here. I'm not, you're not paying me to carry your kid around. You're not Cleopatra. <laughs> uh, I have no idea who the character Otho is supposed to be. Um, he's uh, their interior designer, but yeah. why does he live there with them? Why know. is he so invested into it's this family? Very, you know? yeah. He's a little shady, it seems like. Uh, yeah. He's very uh, pretentious and uh, That's wise. a dude from, like, is he in Modern Family? No, 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 no. no. Do, not, do not. Eric how Stone Street. I? How dare you? Yes, exactly. Why, well, uh, uh, this, I don't know. The they're they're very similar. They're very similar. He was in Demolition Man. He played one of the guys in Demolition Man. Uh, oh really? Yeah, he was like one of the you know <laughs> disciples of the main guy in uh, Demolition Man. That's I don't. And that's those are the only two roles I know him from. He, I'm pretty sure he died in the last ten years. Oh uh, my. R.I.P. Uh, but he he plays a wormy little interior decorator pretty well. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and like they're going through the house like spray painting the walls with what they want. He's like, <laughs> I'm a chemist or I'm a minor in organic chemistry or something. He just sprays this thing in the wall. It's some cryptic symbol that no one knows what it's going to mean. 
Um, yeah. And the sandworms, you know, it's like I always talk about Tim Burton's movies with uh, the scary spirals, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. what the sandworms are, you know, the scary spiral worm. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool. And this one thing I, I like about this movie is that they, the, they do the practical effects really well. With Beetlejuice with the snake on the uh, handrail, um, with... Um, Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah and, and it was all practical. It was all practical yeah. effects. You know, they had that close up on his face where he's yeah. like, you know, rolling his lips, and he's like, yeah, give me, <laughs> take me to your daughter, Chuck. You know, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, with the sandworms and the whole Saturn thing, you know. Um, and what, from what I was reading, I believe Beetlegeist is a moon of Saturn. You know, that's like what they've named it. You know, hundred years ago or whatever. Um, and that's why, you know, they're in, you know, you hear them say, you've been to Saturn? I've been to Saturn. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Beetlegeist is a star of Saturn, or moon of Saturn. Yeah. Oh. So I, I don't know if that's like, a, you know, it's obviously correlated. So they just kind of made it up there. But, hey, you got to make something up from somewhere. My, my. Yeah, and, you know, they, like, like they find the... the, the the Beetlejuice flyer in, in the handbook. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's do, what it's doing in there. If, yeah. if he's such a hated <laughs> guy. So, yeah, exactly. Why is his flyer? Like in, it just in, comes the, along with yeah. all the f- books. Yeah, and you kind of go back to when uh, the dad, Jeffrey Jones, was like in the office and like all the little mailers were falling out of the the magazine, you know. <laughs> right. Remember that? When you open a magazine, <laughs> yeah. all that shit would fall out, you know. You're like, God damn it, I'm not mailing any of this shit in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did like the commercial that came on once they found that, you know, it's oh, like, yeah, it was I'll great. eat anything I want you to eat. I'll swallow anything I want you to swallow. Come on down now. You want a dog? <laughs> He's like a used you car. You the dog. <laughs> He's like a used car salesman. Yeah. Hey, you get free exorcism with every, every, every purchase. <laughs> Michael Kurt. We got to talk about Michael Keaton in this role. Very good. Very kind of out of out of character for Michael Keaton at the time, because this, this was '88 and he was like in Gung Ho and Mr. Mom yeah. and Night Shift and Johnny Dangerously. This was like way outside of his realm, and he he hammered this home run. Oh, dude, did he de- ever deliver, man? Very good. You know, he's funny. He, he, you laugh at every time. I love like the half a dozen voices he has, like when he's talking. You know? Very much, yeah. Just all over, and then all of a sudden he'll be Give like, "Give me some." You know, I do like when he's like, uh, <laughs> like the fly is going into the, yeah. the cemetery, yeah. you know, and he's like trying to lure the fly in with a zag nut. He's like, "Come Got on, some for you. Got some for you. Give me some meat. Come here, come here." <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a Zagnut? No. I've never. Have you seen a Zagnut like in the candy aisle? Uh, I don't I've think seen, so. I've seen them. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want something called a Zagnut. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, mm, nah, that's not going to happen. I don't uh, even, like, what is it? I it, Is it even like a chocolate bar or something? I don't know. I didn't look yeah. it up. Maybe let's look it up right now because that's, that's very. It's a it's a very I weird thing. Like it'd have something to do with like, uh, I don't know. What my brain thinks that there's some kind of like a honey in it for I, some reason. I, I get that, but I also think <laughs> nougat for some reason. Oh, Peanut yeah. butter and coconut candy bar. What? What a weird. <laughs> I would like to try a Zagnut now. I love peanut, peanut butter, butter and, and I love coconut. I love peanut butter and coconut. That's interesting. I need to try a Zagnut. 
At any rate, yeah, that was a good one. I love the uh, the, the commercial. I'll eat anything I want to eat. <laughs> They'll swallow anything I want you to swallow. And then the whole I, drop- I would just rewatch that commercial. <laughs> just, it was so every person. <laughs> yeah, his voices. He's got very good voices in it. Uh, yeah. I do like the scene when they uh, they finally you know they draw the door. They knock three times. Yeah, we'll say he was, was cool. he, he was knocking the door pretty aggressively for brick. Yeah, you know you hear it. You're going. <laughs> if it was brick, he would have really. I know my knuck- his knuckle all up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, he's a tough guy. Why is my um, knuckle bleeding? I, I liked oh, yeah. the shrunken head guy, the choked on a bone guy, the surfer yeah. guy with the with the shark on his leg. Yeah. The suicide Miss Ar- Argentina, the rattlesnake in the sleeping bag guy, the cigarette guy, <laughs> the, the, magi- cigarette guy. the magician assistant cut in half, surgery guy, runover guy, and the guy hanging who's like delivering notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... The runover guy. How do I look? <laughs> I feel a little flat. flat. <laughs> yeah. It was very creative in that. In that. Uh, you could tell, I, and I could tell like the cigarette guy was like had his head through a wall and just had that shrunken yeah. body, you know, yeah. It was pretty good, though. It was very good. Want to smoke? Want <laughs> a trying, cigarette? Trying to cut down on myself. <laughs> uh, very good. I like the the creepy janitor guy when they're going down that creep and and like the the score too that like ding ding that like chimes when they're going down there. Yeah. Again, I'll I'll bring up this score is like present through the entire movie, and it kind of sets the tone very well for it. You know, it's That's like awesome. Danny Elfman did very very well scoring this movie and. Kind of setting the tone for every scene. Man, I love this score. It's just, I'll listen to it on Christmas. <laughs> and then, you know, they go to that door and, and they go back to their house. And I agree with, like, th- that house is tacky as shit, you know, even yeah. for 1988 standards, you know. Like the downstairs, it was, like, covered. In, it's like, you know those garage floors where they do the speckled, you know, yeah, epoxy, yeah. you know. Yeah. They covered their entire they first floor <laughs> with that, you know. You know, trim stair it's treads terrible, everything it's like yeah. yeah it's like they had a hose and they just did that with that that's your interior design that's why otho's living with you that's to do that kind of shit <laughs> yeah fuck you otho you suck Yo, you suck <laughs> um i do like the beetlejuice backstory where she's like he was a troublemaker oh, didn't yeah, right, like, right. he didn't work well with others you know it's like well, none yeah, of that, us do. every time she was smoking <laughs> it's and, coming through oh her my throat god hole. It was like, oh my god oh it was so gross looking. Yeah, exactly. And again, yeah, I like the fly, you know, the fly with the zag. That's <laughs> great. He's like, and for some reason, the fly is screaming, help me, help me. But it's a throwback to the fly, the horror movie. Yeah. You know? I get that. Um, I did like the tractor that looked pretty cool. It's like digging and like shooting out the back. Oh, yeah. Had, like, I was going to see if you, you know? had a, like a peeve of that. Because, I did. No, I have no idea what that machine is doing. That's... It's like digging and shooting it out the back. <laughs> it's like, looked like it was trenching. It was like a spider and machine. And having, you know, these backhoe type arms going, but not really grabbing earth at all. Like, I had no idea what that machine was. I think I've seen it, but I have no idea what it does. I, I, You're right. It should it have been. It doesn't a look like something that I've ever seen been used out in the field at any dig site. Yeah, because it's hard to tell what exactly it's doing. You know, it's like digging and <laughs> shitting. They, they probably used it for this movie. That's it. Um, I do like when they first meet uh, Beetlejuice. You know, they go Beetlejuice, and they're all excited. Beetlejuice. 
Beetlejuice. And then they do the, you know, 360 camera, and all of a sudden they're in the in the model model town. Yeah. And he's like going over his credentials. He's like, well, I trained at Juilliard. I'm a yeah. graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel extensively. Yeah. I've been through Black Plague. I've seen The Exorcist about 160,000 right. times. <laughs> Keeps getting funnier. Yeah. That's good. He's sexually harassing her, assaulting yeah. her the entire time. Be uh, straight with me. Do I have a shot with her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they ask him, can I be scary? And he's like, oh, that's what you mean. And he turns around. He does the jerk off motion. Yeah. <laughs> like, can I be scary? Now let me show you motherfuckers how I can be scary. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay, uh, okay I got you. The jerk up motion. I thought oh. that was a good fucking touch. And then yeah, he does the nice fucking model. They they realize he's a a, a shit ghost, and they're like, or, or a nefarious actor, and they're like, they got to get out of there. The nice fucking model. I already brought up that every kid I knew was going nice fucking model. <laughs> Hong Kong, Hong Kong. And then they have the dinner scene. You know, it's like I like that dinner scene. It was a little weird, like, it was good. That was, like, one of the most memorable parts about the movie. Sure. Uh, yeah. Most talked about, you know, at least in oh, pop yeah, culture, yeah. you know, Harry uh-huh. Belafonte with Deo and all that. Um, the shrimp hands, I thought, were kind of grotesque. and Yeah, um, gross. I thought the Asian chick in there. I don't know what she was doing there. <laughs> Did they, ever, they don't I explain. I noticed, like, every time the camera kind of, like, she was glanced on her, she was <laughs> liking it a little too much. Yeah, and... she was... <laughs> She was orgasming <laughs> through that. She was a little, a little too satisfied with that. I don't know who she was supposed to be. She left with like her agent and the, whoever from Vanity Affair. But what, Otho seemed to know her very well. Talking uh, about her sister's suicide and like her suicide attempt. And <laughs> I don't understand her relationship with anybody there. I don't, I don't understand her character being there. Well. Do you? No. Yeah. Why was she there? I wouldn't pay no attention. She was a seat. She was a seat filler. I think she is what it was. And then Lydia mysteriously disappeared throughout that entire en- entire escapade with the uh, uh, the Calypso. And I would say they were a little too excited afterwards, weren't they? Yeah. They're like, I never knew I could do the Calypso. It you really... mean, I didn't know I didn't have control over my body. <laughs> yeah. and it was controlled by a supernatural <laughs> force, and then I got a shrimp in the face from somebody. Yeah. It's not how I would have went down. Like, I'm like, we're leaving. Good right night. night. Good. I said good day, sir. Good day, sir. <laughs> yeah. I did like how uh, her age, or her agent Delia's agent was just like, "You're a flake. You've always been a flake. Yeah. And you'll die a flake. You'll only have your sculptures to mourn you, or something like that. Your terrible sculpture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Like, damn, dude. I did like the whorehouse, you know, like that. Yeah. They, that <laughs> Adam, did you, Alan, did you build that? <laughs> I did it. I, 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 maybe. <laughs> and it says, uh, if I remember, like when I was a kid, I always thought it said panties on the top of it, you know. I was like, okay. But now it says Dante's Inferno room, you know. But I was like, yeah. but I thought Dante's had panties when I was a kid. Like, I knew it was a whorehouse, but I was like, What's Dante's? You can't read so good, dude. I can't comprehend so good when I'm yeah. eight years old and watching uh, a Beetle Geist. No, okay. Uh, very cool face effects, yeah, with uh, with the snake and all that stuff. I didn't like how Lydia wants to die. You know, she's like, "I want to be yeah. dead too." It's a little. I'm over... utterly alone. Yeah, over dramatic <laughs> teenage stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, but you know. 
even as a kid, even a teenager, I never understood that. Yeah. You know, we're not making light of suicidal teens or anything, but it's just like this movie kind of made it weird because like she wanted to be with other dead people, not because her her living life was that much of a hell. I mean, right. Her parents were rich. She went to school. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She I don't didn't know. dig her stepmom. No, she didn't. Um, <laughs> I did like the ritual scene because you know when like they, they okay so. What do you know about... So there's two, like, uh, stars in this movie that aren't, like, starring in it. It's Robert Goulet and Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett plays Goulet. her uh, her agent, you know, talks shit to her towards the end there. You know who Dick Cavett is? No. He was a talk show host, like, in the 70s. Yeah. You remember watching Forrest Gump? Yeah. Do you remember when... Oh, okay, yeah. He oh, goes yeah, to... Yeah. He's interviewing John Lennon. I see it, yeah. Yeah, D- that's... And <laughs> that's he, him? Dick okay. Cavett is interviewing John Lennon. Yeah, he, there was the Dick Cavett show. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know why he took this role, of all roles, right. you know? Yeah. And the same with Robert Goulet. Do you know who Robert Goulet is? Yeah. He's a lounge singer, you know? <laughs> why did he take this move that... Yeah, didn't he do... He did a Simpsons episode when Bart got the casino, you know? Yeah. Like, Mr. Burns had the casino, so Bart opens his own casino, and he's got Robert, Robert Goulet. <laughs> and they divert him from going to Burns Casino to go to his treehouse casino. His treehouse <laughs> casino. Yeah. Yeah. Um, surprising, those two guys... There's a there. reference to Simpsons in all life. Yes, there is. There is. <laughs> Uh, ritual starts, uh, you know, they're, you know, they find out that, you know, they, they, they essentially oh, yeah, treat the, the Maitlands, ritual, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Maitlands as like a sideshow. They want to bring them to life, you know, yeah. <laughs> Otho, Otho can't even change a tire yet. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's bringing these dead people he's back to life. He's in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start disappearing and they, Otho actually succeeds in, uh, using this ritual to bring these, uh. Guys, back to life. I did like that. It was a good effect. I liked the dying yeah. effects that they had. The, you know, the, the practical, oh, the yeah, makeup yeah. effects. It was yeah. it was really good. I liked the sculptures, like coming to life and then trapping them once Beetlejuice gets involved. That was good. <laughs> I don't know why she gets Lydia, or I don't know why Lydia gets Beetlejuice to help them. And you know, it's it's funny. This movie spawned a cartoon, right? Yeah. A cartoon. I'm and, pretty sure uh, I remember watching the cartoon. Oh, I remember yeah. watching Fox Kids. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Um, and they had the, 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 all the taglines. I'm the ghost with the most. Yeah. You know? It's showtime. <laughs> it's showtime. You know, and I did like the uh, test your strength uh, uh, portion yeah, of that yeah. where he shows up and he's got little Jack Skellington on top of his uh, head and they got bat wings and all that, you know. Yeah. It kind of foreshadows his Batman um, uh, directorial uh efforts and also with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. He's, you can see that Tim Burton's got that stuff in his head for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why he has to get married to Lydia. Yeah. I thought they came out of left field and I'm like, where did this come where did this come from? How come we how come we... maybe it's be, uh from Was I not following the, the woman movie? that uh you know like trapped him? You know, maybe that's got to be some part of her. It was like a spell. She has to get married to get out of there. That's what I assume. Yeah, perhaps. I did like the zipper. You know, he's like throwing the zipper (laughs) at her her face and he throws a steel plate. Steel plate. Um, Yeah, that was good. I didn't understand why at the end, you know, like he had to, uh, or, or when he banished Gina Davis's character to the Saturn realm or whatever it is. Mm hmm. 
how she was able to tame the sandworm and transport it yeah, to the and real ride world it. and then <laughs> direct it. Right. Yeah, she's riding the sandworm riding just right down. It. How did that happen? I don't know. You know, you think he would have, you Good know. question. Mm, there's a couple unanswered questions in this movie, which is fine. I'm fine with that. But is that it's the culmination <laughs> of the ending of the movie. So it's like, how did she tame this thing, get it to go th- from that realm to the real world, and then destroy it, Beetlejuice, and mm-hmm. save the day? Like, And then she, I like how like, she, like, hops off of it, you know, and she's just like... <laughs> You know, and like Tim is like, oh, I need to figure something out, and this is easy. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I feel like he's uh, ending the movie exactly. How we're gonna be, in. We're ending this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like I don't know, draw your own conclusions. I don't fucking care. I don't know. Um, great movie, very fun movie, very creative movie. Again, I love the score of this movie. Um, I was wondering. Do you love the score of the movie? I've said it a thousand <laughs> times already. Again, I love the score of this movie. It's like keeps you it keeps you involved throughout, you know. It's like yeah. it's just it's 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 you know, with the weirdness of the screenplay, the weirdness of how it's everything shot, the weirdness of the story, um it's like perfect. It's it's literally perfect for this movie. That's not really all I can say say about this. Um what do you think the Rotten Tomato score is of Beetlejuice? Um, do you I think the know, critics liked it? Do you think the critics so the critics it's hated probably it? Probably pretty high, I would imagine. Maybe like eighty uh, percent, something like that. You are very close, my friend. Eighty-five yeah. percent. I'm nice. shocked that this is that high with the critics. Yeah. But uh, I'm not. I'm shocked, but I'm also very, very glad that they they like this movie. You know, um, there is a sequel in in the works. It's been talked about yeah. for years and Forever. years and years. Yeah. I was just reading something about the sequel, like going to happen in 2022. Um, we'll uh, like this year. You know, start yeah. production or whatever. It's going to happen. Uh, but very good movie. Probably won't see it till 24. And <laughs> right or 28. So as yeah. Far as who I'm knows? Concerned. Uh, critics have it at 85%. Very shocking that uh, the audience has it at 82%. So the audience oh, a little uh, bit lower. Yeah. Uh, maybe some of the uh, F words uh, um, turned off the people. I don't know. Who's to say? Very Fun. good. Very creative movie. Figurative. If I was going to say anything about it, it's a very creative movie. Very good, you know, creative take on the afterlife and what happens to us and kind of the choices that we make. Know reflect on what we what happens to us in the afterlife. You know, yeah. it's like it's, you know, the afterlife is this whole new thing. You know, and they're talking about 125 years. You know, like that. You know, they're stuck there for 125 years right, until right. they go to heaven or hell or whatever. Um, you know, very interesting, very very creative. Michael Keaton, a plus role, and this Dude. was quite out of left field from Michael Keaton. The only thing I would have wanted more out of this movie was more. Michael Keaton, dude. Yes, Beetlejuice is a timeless character. <laughs> and for how much they used him, some would say it's a perfect balance, but, man, I just wanted more. I agree. <laughs> for movie, for, after his character, there was a lot of Gina Davis and uh, Adam Baldwin, right. Alec Baldwin in this. And Alec Baldwin, he was almost re- unrecognizable. Uh, from what so, even his previous uh, even so young looking young and thin, thin. and like blonde almost you know <laughs> yeah. um 
Yeah, it's an early role for the glasses, him. Glasses, everything. Yeah, very good. He was really good. I thought all the actors were really yeah. good. You know, uh, even Otho. It's like he played his part really well. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's fun. It's funny. It's it's great all around. I, I mean, like how Beetlejuice what he does to him. He just makes his clothes look terrible. A suit and from he the screams 70s. and runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that was the worst thing you could do to him. That's the worst thing you could do to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else that you want to talk about with this movie, man? I mean, like, this was a phenomenon. It spawned video games. I don't know about video games. I want to say, it also, I mean, I meant cartoons. Uh, spawned that well, yeah, cartoon. Definitely with the cartoons. They were, they were cool, too. So. Yeah, and um, it's like. That striped suit is like a staple of Universal Studios, you know? It's like, I think there was a a Broadway musical on Beetlejuice, you know? That striped suit with the green hair and like the rotting shit all Mm -hmm. over him. He's an iconic character and it spawned, you know, an iconic character. And it's very much a part of his gross mouth. Oh, man, when he kissed Gina Davis when Mm -hmm. they first. And he does a lot with his mouth in this movie. He's like, like, yeah. (laughs) You know, he's like, Pinching his lips and grabbing his teeth and shit. Like, I'm like, wow. So gross. Very gross. <laughs> and yeah, like, M- Michael Keaton kind of came out of left field. And this kind of paved the way for Batman for him. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Tim Burton liked his performance, enjoyed working with him, and, you know, chose him as Batman in 1990. Very Which good movie. Which you don't like as... <laughs> I don't like as Bruce Wayne and as Bruce or Batman. Wayne. He was okay as Batman. I didn't like him as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But he was still the first, and you gotta, got, gotta like the first. And as yeah, far as I'm concerned, it. he's the first. Don't Adam West, the other guy from the 40s or 50s or whatever, I don't care. He was the first, so I got respect for him for that, you know. But He was our first. He was our first. Yes. Anything else you got to say about uh, Beetlejuice, my friend? Did you enjoy watching this? How do you feel? Like you're, you know, I've been talking most of this. Yeah. How do you feel about Beetlejuice? Um, you know, I guess. What would you grade it? Like rewatching it, really, like I said, helped with uh, maybe some of the funny that I didn't, you know, care for or get when mm-hmm. I was younger, but. I don't know. It's uh, you know, Batman is <laughs> my favorite <laughs> Tim Burton movie. Yeah, Tim Burton movie, and uh, you know, I haven't really been a huge fan of like, you know, the Nightmare Before Christmas and oh, really? all of that shit. Don't like it. No, I don't like that. It shit. did take on its own its own like cultural reverence with certain people. And I know, and, and I hate that. I don't like it either. <laughs> I like the movie though. I like the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, it's it's a I good can't movie. You know? Stand. Does that is that because you don't like products. musicals? Is no. it because you don't like musicals? Or are you tired of looking at that Jack Skellington head? Yeah, yeah. On every piece I mean. of merchandise right. across Hot Topic. I'll <laughs> say all of the above. What you just said. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, and then uh, uh, what was the. Uh, Julia, or no, what was the um, main character, the wife's name again? Gina Davis. Gina Davis, that's right. Not a fan of hers, really. Yeah, wow. I know you. I know you are. Uh, I do love her. You do love her. I don't know. There's just. Uh, she doesn't do it for you. 
No, and like you know, as an I, I mean, certainly in other shit she's in. Like what? But it's good. But like you know, what? I don't know because I probably choose not to watch it. Okay. Uh, what was the baseball League, League of Their Own? League of Their Own. There yeah. you go. I was gonna say that. That's the a good Tom movie. Hanks I like that, that movie. That was all right. No, it's, that's a beloved movie. I love that. I like no, it. It was movie. all right. No, it's a <laughs> beloved movie. To some. Okay. But it's pure Americana. This movie would be better to me again if there was more like Beetlejuice in it. Like just that funny I can see shit that. at the end where he just he's sitting in the room right. you know, he, with the he, shrunken head. He guy. swaps the numbers with, you the, know, he's with just, the shaman. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> small shit like that. Yeah. That would have carried this movie to like such a higher thing for me. I agree. So I don't you know, like I said, I like respect and enjoy a lot of like the humor and stuff that went on in the movie, but you know, it's just it's not my favorite movie by any any stretch of the meaning. So, what would you so would you call this movie a Halloween movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, it can be a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, mean, I agree. It, it, it deals with death and ghouls and yeah. you know, the undead and zombies and gross sure. shit. Yep. So give me, give me a, give me the Tony score. <laughs> I was about to re- reveal your last name, but I don't want to do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Although I could, you have a very common last name, but yeah. Oh, do I? You oh, do. All right. You have a co- very common combination: your first and last name. Yeah. Remember, I, w- I got you that thing from Mike Portnoy, and I had him sign your name, and he's like, yeah. hey, I know a guy that's named that same thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and he's, I was like, I doubt it's the same guy. <laughs> it's not the same guy, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe like... A letter grade. What we were doing, letter? Okay. Letter grade. Uh, yeah, it's like a C, you know. I'll give it a C. Because there wasn't... There was only a couple of, like, maybe a few parts that had me laughing out loud. Okay. Sorry about the term, but. LOL. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a lot more, like, chuckles. (laughs) That's really, you know. Yeah, I think I give this movie an A just because of the crazy story that someone had to put to paper. That they came yeah, out with. You're this. not wrong about that. You know, it's a crazy story to come up with. And it, yeah, very creative. Um, the score, like I've talked about a thousand times throughout this, Wait, this the conversation. Score? Yes, <laughs> I love Danny Elfman. Uh, does great. Does a great job with it. Um, I I give it an A, maybe an A minus. No, no, I give it an A. I, yeah. I, I don't see anything wrong oh, with wait this movie. A minute. I don't see anything wrong with it. It's not A plus like Academy. It did win an Academy Award for Best Makeup. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Maybe. Not even when she was riding the sandworm. No, I mean, that's a. There's <laughs> lots of things you can pick apart. You mean nitpick, which is what we do here? Well, we do nitpick, but like. Especially you? I don't know. I, I, this movie just this holds a special. This in your heart, dude. Holds a special this place in my heart. This in your heart. You got some love for exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. Right. I do love this movie. I, Let it I, be, dude. Let it be. You know, I, I, I would say everybody check out Beetlejuice. And, and if you haven't oh, seen yeah, it. yeah, I agree with that. I would say that my 
you know, judgment on it is not at all what somebody should take from it. Would you it say should... you were bored through it? A little bit. On your rewatch. On my rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bit. I'm never bored through it. Like I, I, I love this movie every time I watch yeah. it. That's like I, I like Michael Keaton. I like uh Alec Baldwin. Uh Winona Ryder kinda doesn't do it for me anymore. I'm, I'm yeah. like, he's fucking spoiled little teen, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and she's like a tween there, so you know. Yeah, whatever it is, yeah. That's I think that's the only part I don't like about it. You know, like her. You know, eh, I'm utterly alone. I'm like, okay. Is it the note part? When it's she's the note writing? part. Yeah, she got the veil on the, the fishnet veil. I'm, I'm, like, ah. I'm utterly alone. I mean, I think that's your choice, sweetie. <laughs> Uh, but either way, I recommend this to everybody. Check it out. Um, don't miss it. it. I mean, it's a staple. If you haven't seen it at this point, you you, you should. It's, it's it's one of those like fourth oh, yeah. cup movies. You have to have seen it by now. Oh yeah, you I know. Bu- you know, I bought it because I know like my family loves the movie, so this way they can always enjoy it. You know. And if you've seen Michael Keaton in other movies and you've not seen this, because I remember being a kid and not knowing this, like not knowing this was Michael Michael Keaton. You know. Yeah. And you go back and be like, oh, yeah, it is Michael Keaton. Look at that. Yeah. But that was, you know, my 10-year-old self, you know. Now, right. I'm like, now it's very apparent that he's Michael Keaton. At any rate, uh, Tony gives it a C. I give it an A. A very yeah. good movie for me. Uh, check it out. Watch it around Halloween. Check out the score. Add it to your Halloween party playlist. It's, you know, it's got highs and lows. and it's, uh, <laughs> Your party playlist. <laughs> hey, hey, check it out. It's. <laughs> W-K-F-Z-M-N-G. We're going with the Beetlejuice playlist today. Soundtrack. Uh, yeah. Hey, That's my uh, radio guy voice. But at any rate, check it out. Tony gives it a C. I give it an A. Um, you can't go wrong with this movie as far as I'm concerned. Tony says, mm, maybe you can. Well, <laughs> somebody's not going to like it. Yeah. Somebody is not going to like it, but. Eh, true statement. What are you going to do? Not everyone's going to like everything. That's right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> this has been the Retro MMG Show. Check us out on Spotify. Pan, pan, I was gonna Pandora. Say pan, Pandora. <laughs> Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. How's our socials doing, Tony? You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At the Retro MMG Show. We might be rebranding here um, very soon, so check us out. We'll keep you posted on what we're going to be doing. Uh, That's it for us. That's it. Until next time.